When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yesterday, we went over the quarterback and running back rankings. Today, we're going over a little of our wide receiver rankings, tight end rankings. Um, these are Faraz's rankings I'm going to be showing like I did last week. And I'll be giving you some of his insights along with some of my insights alongside them uh, because Faraz couldn't be here today. And at number one, who else but Cooper Cup? This guy gets it done week in, week out, regardless of the matchup, regardless of the game script. Matthew Stafford is looking his way every single time he snaps a ball, every time he drops back to pass. And that shows he had 19 targets last week. I think it was 14 catches. Even in a game where they didn't score a touchdown, he produced like the number one wide receiver on the year. So Cooper Cup, bonafide wide receiver one. Um, you can't say enough good things about him for fantasy. He's the safest receiver week in and week out because Matthew Stafford um, just keys dials in on him so much. And it's, it's worth noting, you know, you talk about Cooper Cup being the number one. Um, it doesn't leave much room for other receivers in the Rams passing game. Like Allen Robinson, he hasn't been he hasn't been much of a factor at all this season. And Ben Skoranek, we not that we expected him to, but as far as receivers, you know, Cooper Cup, he seems like to be he seems like he's doing all the work and that's it. So it, it doesn't look to change anytime soon, especially with Matthew Stafford being under duress. He's going to look towards Cooper Cup to, you know, get him out, bail him out of bad situations, pressure situations. So um, Cooper Cup, start him as a, the number one wide receiver this week. Even against Dallas, they have a stingy defense. There's no reason to worry. He'll be fine. Stefan Diggs, number two. You know, he's got a pretty good matchup against Pittsburgh. They're allowing a lot of points to receivers. Um, this is in Buffalo at home. I think this game could get out of hand pretty quickly with Pittsburgh now starting Kenny Pickett. It's not a very good opening game for Kenny Pickett. So I feel like the Bills could be in a positive game script in this one from the get-go. And that might result in them either turning more towards the run game or even pulling Josh Allen at some point if they get up high enough. Um, hopefully, Josh Allen is the one doing the scoring. Um, if, if they do get up to that point, Stefan Diggs, he should catch a touchdown if that's the case. But um, if, he, if he doesn't, you know, it, it could be a relatively quiet outing. We'll see how things shake out uh, in Buffalo on Sunday. Jamar Chase, in what Vegas has as the highest game total for the week in terms of over-under, you know, Jamar Chase should get plenty of opportunity from Ravens secondary, giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. This game has barn burner written all over it. It's going to be plenty of offensive production. Should be the opposite, you know, in prime time of what we saw last night um, between the Colts and the Broncos. This is two high-powered offenses, two very good quarterbacks, one in the MVP race in Lamar Jackson, um, there should be plenty of fireworks. It's a divisional matchup. It's always a good game between these two. And last, I think I, I saw a stat somewhere. 
last season in two games against Baltimore, it was the Bengals put up 41 points on average against the Ravens. So, you know, that tells you all you need to know about the success they've had recently with Joe Burrow and most of this offense, you know, against Baltimore in recent history. So this should be a high scoring game. Jamar Chase has that wide receiver one upside, uh, the weekly wide receiver one upside this week in a very good matchup against Baltimore. Justin Jefferson, you know, he, he had a very good week last week before um, he had he had one good week in week one, a good week in week four. And he sandwiched that with two rough weeks between weeks two and three. So we're not sure what Justin, Je- Justin Jefferson is going to show up, but it's a good matchup against Chicago. Um, I could also see them going up early in this one because, you know, the Bears, they can't throw the ball at all. Um, so the Bears are going to be relying on the run game if if the Vikings can get any sort of lead, um, they won't have much trouble holding on to it. Uh, w- with the way that Chicago plays offense, you know, they could end up taking a relatively decent amount of time off the clock, which could prevent this from becoming a, a super positive game script from for the Vikings because they won't be able to be on the field as much. It's a it's hard to project against the Bears because their offense is so unconventional and prehistoric. It's looking more like the Seahawks uh, offense that we've come to know, and it's you know hasn't changed. But um, you can lock Justin Jefferson in as wide receiver four, um, and he has the upside. He is an every week start, and you can't ever take him out. You can't ever worry about him because we we see what he can do when he takes over a game. Devontae Adams we have ranked at number five once again. Another divisional matchup, and what should be a lot of fireworks coming out between the Chiefs and Raiders. Devontae Adams, he, you know he finally got a target share close to what he got in week one after disappointing in weeks two to three, um, but he didn't score a touchdown. So it's interesting to see how they'll use him, what kind of utilization he'll get against the Chiefs. You figure the Chiefs will be putting up points in this one, so the Raiders are going to be playing catch-up, I'd imagine. You know, uh, last week, Josh Jacobs was able to ground and pound, and the the Raiders were uh, in control of that game for the majority of the time that they were on the field. So... Devontae Adams, we know what he can be. If he gets that target share, you know, he has a very, very safe floor. Um, just like Justin Jefferson, that ceiling is there. You don't ever have to worry about having him in your lineup. Um, even despite Derek Carr, who I've um, called sidecar in the past, and even despite Derek Carr not playing his best football as of late, uh, the offense has a decently high upside, and that's all you need for Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill, you know, I wouldn't be worried about Tyreek Hill at six. I wouldn't be worried about him you know, playing with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has got it done for wide receivers before. If you think back to when he actually made DJ Moore fantasy relevant, which we now understand is not necessarily a given with DJ Moore because Baker Mayfield can't do it. So (laughs) that tells you what you need to know about Teddy Bridgewater. He can get it done for fantasy. Tyreek Hill actually caught one of his longest passes of his career from Teddy Bridgewater last week. It was the longest completed pass in terms of air yards for the season. Tyreek Hill is a playmaker. And there's a chance, you know, this could be a closer game than a lot of us think. You know, Miami is a good team, but they're missing Tua. So the offense could be slightly less dynamic than it was with Tua at quarterback. And the Jets aren't, they're no slouch. You know, they're pretty good on offense. They, they look much better on offense than they have in recent years. I think they can keep this one competitive. And that's only good news for Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle follows Tyreek Hill right up at seven. So at six and seven, we have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You know, just two very similar receivers, just relying on speed to get open. Deep shots of plenty should be coming, even with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. 
I think that we're going to be seeing plenty of points from Tiger Hill and Jalen Waddle. Both of them have proven to have very nice floors um, and the upside that we saw in week two against the Ravens. It's not necessarily there with Teddy Bridgewater quarterback, but there's no reason to think one of them can't achieve that. Well, the other one still has a solid outing. Uh, six and seven, that's where we have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. At eight, we have A.J. Brown. On the low, you know, this is a great matchup for A.J. Brown this week. Cardinals have given up the seventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers overall. You might look at that and kind of be scared away, but they've actually given up the seventh most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year, which is primarily where A.J. Brown has operated from on the Eagles offense this season. Um, you know, you have to expect Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense to continue rolling, even though Arizona hasn't been that bad on defense in the past two and a half games, roughly. They've actually picked it up a little bit and looked a lot better than they did in the first two weeks. But all signs point to the Eagles offense getting it done, regardless of whether they win or lose this game. Ultimately, I expect the Eagles to win this game. But if they're winning, it's going to be because of the offense and A.J. Brown. You know, he has been a focal point of this offense, um, even with Devontae Smith having that blow up game and Miles Sanders taking over last week in that monsoon that they were playing in. So I, I like A.J. Brown at eight. C.D. Lamb, he's at nine. He makes a return to the top ten following a pretty rough uh, stretch of games to open the season. You know, every week he's gotten better. He goes from, it was I think it was eight catches for 87 yards and a touchdown against the Giants, and then nine for 77 and a touchdown in week four. Yeah, last week against Washington. And now this week he's going against the Rams, who have been uncharacteristically bad. Um, they are now two and two. Um, the defense has been all right, but the offense has been the main story for the Rams. C.D. Lamb should be able to work pretty well. He might draw Jalen Ramsey in coverage, which could limit his upside a little bit. We know Jalen Ramsey has been pretty pretty good in coverage against C.D. Lamb and against other wide receiver ones. So whether he gets shadowed or not, we'll have to see. But he gets hyper-targeted. C.D. Lamb has proven that he gets the targets. His target share has gone up. The Rams have given up the second most fantasy points to premier wide receivers this year. And C.D.'s running from all over. Um, it was about 50-50 split between the perimeter and the slot last week. He's going to have his chances to do his thing. 33% target share for the year. We know C.D. Lamb's going to get the targets, whether they're going to be quality or not. Um, he, he's The production is starting to catch up to the workload, though, which is a good sign. And that's why we have him at 9. And then at 10, you know, this happened. We ranked these players before Thursday Night Football. Uh, Michael Pittman, he looked like it was a, a pretty good matchup, you know. We know that he's the primary pass catcher on the Colts offense, despite the offensive line being in shambles at this point. But um, he didn't have a very bad outing. It was a solid outing. Maybe not top 10 performance, but it was it, it was enough to get the job done. You're not too upset if you started Michael Pittman. Um, it's not exactly what you're looking for. You probably have him as your wide receiver one. If you have him as your wide receiver two, great. Um, but from a wide receiver one, um, it wasn't exactly what you were looking for, but I think 10 was pretty close. I think we'll see Michael Pittman settle in as the rest of the games go on as a high end wide receiver too um, this week. That's where he'll finish for this week. All right. So for, we have a question from hike, then shoot lock it or DK or both. So for me, it seems like Geno Smith is much more dialed in to throwing the ball and getting the ball to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, which is kind of the opposite flip-flop it from what we saw last season with um, Tyler Lockett with Russell Wilson at quarterback. So DK Metcalf, you know, he has all the physical tools that you want. And Tyler Lockett's a little bit smaller, but he still gets the job done. I, I, I like DK Metcalf this week. 
I, I think in New Orleans, he's going to be uh, taking over. He's going to have to be taking over the game for the Seahawks to get the ball moving. And I think he's very capable of doing that. And Geno Smith has been one of the most accurate passers this year. So as long as Geno Smith's getting the ball towards DK and throwing the ball in general, I think both of them will be a decent start. But if I had to pick one, I would go with DK. Thank you for the question. I appreciate it. All right. And then I guess we'll, we'll jump in on another one. Sean, Sean Reed wants to know Alan Lazard or Josh Reynolds this week. I would go with Josh Reynolds because Aaron Jones, not Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers has been keying in on Romeo Dubs a little bit more and a little bit more each week. And he just said in a press conference last week that he trusts Romeo Dubs at wide receiver. Obviously he trusts Alan Lazard too, but Reynolds, we just saw also has a very good connection with Jared Goff and Jared Goff likes to throw to Reynolds. And like we said, that could be attributed to their uh, Rams ties. They both came over from the Rams over the past few off seasons. And um, with Amon or St. Brown out, Ren Reynolds is a de facto wide receiver one. I would, I would start Reynolds in this situation. 100%. All right, move on to the next slide of our wide receiver rankings. We have T Higgins at 11. Um, we really meant to put T Higgins at 10 before Thursday night football, we swear. Um, but you know, it's just how it happened. He's now here at 11. We love his matchup for this week, like we talked about with Jamar Chase. The Ravens have given up the fifth most fantasy points to perimeter, perimeter wide receivers, so make sure Higgins is locked in your lineup. And we saw him really just take advantage of the Miami Dolphins defense last week, too, on Thursday night. You know, Joe Burrow, he's starting to distribute the ball a little bit more, where last season he was throwing, he was really dialing into Jamar Chase. This season he's been spreading the ball out, um, spreading the wealth, you could say. Um, T. Higgins has gotten just as many targets, just about as many targets, and he has... I think I think their target share. He might actually be edging Jamar Chase in target share so far. So T. Higgins, you can definitely lock him in as, as pretty much a wide receiver one. He's a low end wide receiver one for us in our rankings right now. Um, I, I think that's where he's going to finish because, like I said, we're expecting fireworks between Baltimore and Cincinnati. That's what we're going to see. Um, we, we like him at 11. Christian Kirk at 12. You know he'll be matched up with Desmond King, which isn't necessarily ideal. Houston's been pretty solid against uh, slot wide receivers. Um, but there's no reason to keep him out of your lineup. 26% uh, target share for the year. You can temper expectations a little bit. You know, it, it, it could be a little bit difficult having the Jaguars offense coming off that rough performance by Trevor Lawrence, whether that affects him or not, or not last week against the Eagles. It remains to be seen. But, you know, Christian Kirk has been one of his go-to guys. Him and Zay Jones have really vied for the role of lead wide receiver in the Jaguars offense over the first few weeks. Um, I don't expect that to change. So he has, he has a relatively safe floor. Um, and his upsides there is if he catches a touchdown, you know, his workload is enough that he'll be in the wide receiver one conversation this week. We have Cortland Sutton at 13, who, you know, despite getting the targets that we like and the air yards, it, it is just they just haven't been quality targets coming from Russell Wilson. And we have him ranked at 13 because of the opportunity that he presents. And we know that he can get it done. He's actually been very consistent. This year so far, um, even though it hasn't been spectacular production, he hasn't left you out to dry yet this year um, with his production because chances are you're starting him as a wide receiver, too. If you have him at wide receiver, too, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a good spot to be in with Cortland Sutton. Um, like, like I said, the targets just have not been there um, as far as quality goes. You got to hope that Russell Wilson gets that uh, together because Cortland Sutton, he gets the targets. He just... He just hasn't had the production. And we've seen similar things like this happen before this season already with, like we said, C.D. Lamb. Um, his target share was great, but the targets weren't very high quality. But over time, they got a little bit better. Now we, the production's starting to catch up to the volume. So 
don't be starting, don't be um, sitting Cortland Sutton or worry about Cortland Sutton just yet. Um, this offense still has strides to take. <laughs> it's hard to be optimistic after what we saw last night, but Cortland Sutton is probably one of the constants that you're going to find in fantasy football from that offense. He, he'll produce for you week in and week out. And he has upside. It's just he has to reach it. His floor is a nice at a nice spot where you can start him without worrying about him every week. We have Mike Evans at 14, and we saw he finally had a blow-up game last week against the Chiefs. Granted, the Bucks were really dialed in in a passing game. They pretty much abandoned the run game from square one. Uh, Leonard Fournette had negative three running yards. That tells you all you need to know. But Mike Evans is clearly the number one guy, even with Chris Godwin there. Um, Mike Evans gets his own. And this is kind of what we expected. Tom Brady's throwing the ball, you know. We know the Buccaneers offense is going to be good. So Mike Evans, you can lock him on, lock him in again this week against Atlanta. A very good matchup. Even though he is going to probably be playing against AJ Terrell, who did a good job of mitigating Amari Cooper's production. Uh, Mike Evans is a different animal, and Tom Brady, much better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But I'm, I'm expecting Mike Evans to turn another an, another nice performance this week. At 15, we have DK Metcalf. We just talked about him a little bit. And I actually said it on the podcast, I think two episodes ago, that I'm much more comfortable starting DK Metcalf with Geno Smith, a quarterback, than I was last season with Russell Wilson, a quarterback. Because what Geno Smith has showed me is that he is looking and looking and looking. He's always looking to get the ball to DK Metcalf. And he's not afraid to throw it to him and let him go up and make a play. And that's worked to DK Metcalf's benefit. We saw in the deep, deep connection that they had last week. Great pass, great catch. You know, DK Metcalf really making use, finally putting his skill set to good use with a quarterback that's trusting him to go get the football. Um, DK Metcalf, you know, we talked about him being a buy this week, even though it's not a buy low, he is still on the upswing. As long as the Seahawks offense keeps doing what he's doing, um, DK Metcalf should be a very nice addition to your lineup. Um, you don't have to sit him ever. You don't have to think about sitting him um, until further notice, because this is a very good receiver where we thought about maybe sitting him after the first two weeks of, pretty sad production you know seven points a piece in weeks one and two he's turned it around and things are looking on the up and up with geno smith finally getting things together and completing like i said the most passes of any quarterback for the first four weeks of the season of an nfl season we have mike williams at 16 this again kind of lends itself to keenan allen being out we know mike williams has a very safe floor with keenan allen up but he hasn't really capitalized on the upside it might be because he's not he's drawing the top corner now from the opposing defenses uh, lineup, but Mike Williams in you know, with Justin Herbert throwing to him. Justin Herbert should be back fully if he wasn't last week from that rib injury. It doesn't seem like it's limiting him that much anymore. Um, Mike Williams should be a solid start. And like I said, Cleveland, their defense has been very suspect. Um, I think there's a chance that Mike Williams could go double up on touchdowns this week if things shake out correctly. So 16, you know, we're ranking him relatively conservatively. I think that Mike Williams has plenty of upside this week and has a chance to sneak in at a top 10, maybe even the top eight this week. That's my bold prediction. We have Marquise Brown at 17. So we see Marquise Brown. He finally did his thing last week and he's been getting the targets the whole season. It's just, it finally came together for him last week. Um, this could be a game that Arizona is playing from behind in a lot. This is against Philly. Philly gets ahead, you know. It, it can only really spell good things in terms of production for Marquise Brown. A negative game script means that Kyler Murray will be airing it out to him to get him the ball. I think that Marquise Brown has upside, although I think it's a bit limited because the Eagles defense, despite the Cardinals being 
possibly the negative game script. The Eagles defense remains still very good. And if he's drawing guys like Darius Slay or even James Bradbury in coverage, it, it could be a rough outing for him. I think Marquise Brown's range of outcomes are one of the more spread out of, of the wide receivers that we have ranked here. But, um, the, you know, his ceiling is very high, but the floor is also very low because this matchup could go either way. Um, either way, we have him as a mid-wide receiver too. I think that's where he's going to settle at for this week. Debo Samuel, we have him at 18. And with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, you know, last week, he finally looked like Debo. He got his first touchdown of the season on that 57-yard catch and run where he just broke Jalen Ramsey. Um, he looked excellent last game, and I think that's going to kind of continue. This is a very, very nice matchup against Carolina in the early window. I, I think that the 49ers will take advantage early and often. They'll have the ball a lot with the 49ers defense, given the Panthers and Baker Mayfield fits. Um, I think Debo Samuel had plenty of chances to score here. I like him. Actually, I might like him a little bit more than where we have him ranked at 18. I might move him up to 15 or 14, even above DK Metcalf, because Debo Samuel showed that he can get it done still um, on the air, through the air and on the ground last week. And he seems to be a better fantasy asset with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. So we'll be, we'll, I, I like Debo Samuel a little bit higher than 18. I, I might move him, consider moving him up above DK Metcalf at 15 or 14, something like that. Tyler Lockett, we have a 19. He's only four spots behind DK Metcalf, where we have him at 15. Um, Geno Smith, like we said, a lot of this uh, high ranking for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett lends itself to Geno Smith just playing very good, very efficient football. And as long as that's continuing to happen, you can rank these guys both as top 24 wide receivers, as we did with Russell Wilson at quarterback um, when he was doing his thing in Seattle. So Tyler Lockett, you know, uh, it, it's going to be a pretty good matchup. If they're playing against Andy Dalton, it's going to be a very winnable matchup, which means I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think both of these guys are liable to have big their, their big plays. Both of them will have production that you won't be upset with, but I think DK Metcalf, we have him ranked higher because of his upside just being a little bit higher. He's shown a little bit more connection with Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett, but that's not to say that Tyler Lockett can't get it done. Uh, we have him as a low wide receiver too this week. I, I, think, that's, I think that's about fair. We have Curtis Samuel at 20, rounding out our top 20. Um, with Jahan Dotson out, you know, you kind of give a boost to the rest of the uh, commander's pass catchers, especially against Tennessee, who's been a pretty rough defense against the pass. You remember they allowed that massive game to Stefan Diggs earlier in the season. And they actually did a good job of shutting down Devontae Adams. Was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago? So they know the formula to shut down the number one wide receiver. But um, outside of that, when Devontae Adams was shut down, you know, Matt Collins had the big day. So it's it's a rough it's a rough passing defense that Tennessee is fielding. Um, this could provide a great opportunity for Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin to get right and get their production back to where we want it to be. And Carson Wentz to kind of settle back in after two weeks on the outs, um, being banged banged up, being thrown around in the pocket, running for his life. Uh, this could be a good get right game, at least for the Commanders' offense. So Curtis Samuel at twenty feels about right. The way they've been using him is just a little bit better than Terry McLaurin. Um, it is worth noting that Carson Wentz's connection with Curtis Samuel seems a little bit stronger even than Terry McLaurin, which, you know, again, much to the chagrin of Terry McLaurin owners, he seems to be kind of avoiding Terry McLaurin at this point. His production hasn't been there. So we'll see if, the, if that continues for this, this in this week. Let's see. So. We'll, we'll take a question here from the Joker. We have a question. Ramondre Stevenson or Jeff Wilson Jr. for flex, full PPR? 
I think if you want to go for upside, you, you would put Ramondre Stevenson in. Jeff Wilson has been a sure thing. His floor has been there, but his upside is kind of capped. Um, the, def- the offense in San Francisco is not amazing. Ramondre Stevenson is probably going to be leaned on very much this game because they don't have Brian Horror and they don't have Mac Jones. So they're going to be relying on a rookie quarterback who's probably going to be checking it down a lot. I'd look for Ramondre Stevenson's pass catching ability and his upside in that department to kind of carry him to a pretty good finish this week, at least higher than Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson will have a good week. He's shown that he's kind of the clear running back in, in San Fran, but the volume hasn't been exactly what we want it to be. And it's kind of what we expect it to be in San Fran. You know, we never expected any San Francisco running back to get any type of, you know, workhorse workload where they're going to be taking 25 carries a game. But the 15 carries he's getting has been plenty enough for him. His talent is good enough to get you a touchdown here or there um, for flex. So I, I would start Ramondre Stevenson this week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we'll go to the third slide of our wide receiver rankings. We're going at 21. We have Amari Cooper, my start of the week last week that failed miserably. One catch for nine yards, I think it was, last week for Amari Cooper against Atlanta. Obviously, he was being shadowed most of the day by A.J. Terrell, who looked much more like the A.J. Terrell that we saw. But this is a very good matchup here, too, against the Chargers. It should be a high-scoring game. I'm anticipating another high-scoring game between these two uh, teams. Amari Cooper is a very good receiver, and Jacoby Brissett has been looking his way. When he, when Jacoby Brissett looks Amari Cooper's way in a game, he looks his way. He gets plenty of targets, but when he's not, he's not. And that's the way it's been for Amari Cooper since he even got to Dallas. He has been very hot and cold with his target share in games. He's never been very consistent, but his upside is just so high that you know starting him at wide receiver three or flex is going to make him your best bet at that point because if he has a bad week, you know, the tough luck. But if he has a good week, you know, it could very well win you your week. He in the, in the two games that he's done very well and he's eclipsed 100 yards and a touchdown. So you don't want to leave that upside on your bench. We have him as a low wide receiver too. Um, just slightly lower than we had him last week. But Cooper is still a good wide out and, and a nice fantasy asset moving forward. At 22, we have Devontae Smith. You know, A.J. Brown is the primary target getter in this offense and Jalen Hurts has been airing it out a little bit more. We saw the connection that they flashed two weeks ago with Devontae Smith going over 30 PPR fantasy points. Um, that upside might not necessarily be here. Like I said, if the Eagles would get ahead, they might shy away a little bit more from the passing game. Um, we saw Miles Sanders can get it done in, on the ground, even in the rain last week. So any type of game script that would be positive for these for the Eagles um, might not spell very much very well for Devontae Smith. But if the Cardinals offense can keep up, this could very well become a shootout. And then Devontae Smith could be very fantasy relevant. Um, I think Devontae Smith will be ranked. I think he'll finish as a low and wide receiver too if he can score a touchdown. Otherwise, I think that he might be a little bit high in these rankings. I move him down right around 28 or 29. Um, Just for my taste, he's a little bit high. But I, I think that the upside is certainly there. This is ranking him pretty high though. We have Terry McLaurin at 23. 
Uh, we just talked a little bit about him. Now Carson Wentz hasn't really dialed in to him this season yet, but now with Jahan Dotson out, who's been the primary touchdown catcher, you know, he's thrown Carson Wentz has thrown four touchdowns to Jahan, to Jahan Dotson. Um, that's kind of taken Terry McLaurin's ceiling from here to here, high to low. If he can get back to targeting Terry McLaurin again, uh, he should be fine. I think the matchup is good enough against a bad Tennessee defense. And, you know, there's less competition for targets in this offense going into this week that Terry McLaurin can be a top 24 wide receiver. We just have to see it happen. I think it'll boost a lot. It'll give a lot of confidence, not only Terry McLaurin, but also Carson Wentz moving forward if they can get him involved. And then fantasy owners would be much more confident starting him um, in in their lineup week in, week out. Terry McLaurin, I, I look at him much like Amari Cooper. We know what the upside is. We're just waiting for it to hit. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I think he has a good chance to capitalize this week on a good matchup. Drake London has quietly been a very good fantasy wide receiver, and that's why we have him at 24. He rounds out our wide receiver two conversation, just above Chris Olave, who we have at 25. Two rookies who are doing very well, Chris Olave obviously getting the air yards and Drake London getting more of the true production. He had a rough week last week, Drake London did, but he should get back to business here against Tampa Bay. They are a tougher defense, but you know if the Falcons are playing from behind, they're going to have to get the ball and air it out to somebody. And with Kyle Pitts out this week, his ceiling might be just a little bit higher. I like Drake London to score a touchdown in this game, and he should be good. I like him as your wide receiver too. And if, you can, if you're starting him at flex, even better. Drake London is a very good fantasy asset. And then we talk about Chris Olave. He seems to have been matchup proof so far um, and quarterback proof. You know, he, he's produced well with James Winston and Andy Dalton at quarterback. So I think you can slot him in very nicely as wide receiver three um, each and every week with wide receiver two upside. Uh, the Saints offense obviously isn't that good. And their offensive the ceiling is a little bit capped, missing their playmakers between Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. But Chris Olave seems to be a constant for the Saints passing game, and he should be good to go. You can slot him in as a wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver three with low-end well, not low end, but just break, just mid wide receiver two upside, I think, this week against Seattle. And, and, and against the Seattle defense, that's been pretty good so far. And we just got a news report. You know, I just got a banner coming up across my um, screen here that Jahan Dotson is officially out this week. So you can sat, you can safely say that Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel will, will perform a little bit better, um, that their rankings at 2023 are solidified. They're locked in. You can lock them in your lineups this week. They have good upside. We have Josh Reynolds at 26. We talked a little bit about him earlier when we answered the one question. So Josh Reynolds, you know, Jared Goff is tuning in. He's dialing into him. Josh Reynolds, has he actually produced very well last week. Um, it is a tougher matchup against New England in New England, but this Lions offense looks much better than it has in recent years. And despite the fact that they're missing him on St. Brown and DeAndre Swift, um, they they seem they show them that they can take over and be the primary producers for this offense. I actually like Detroit to win this game, and New England is actually favored in this game, which surprises me. So I, I'm not sure what Vegas is seeing, but I, I see a strong offense going into a matchup with a Patriots team that's deflated after an overtime loss with a rookie quarterback. I think the Lions can find success here, and Josh Reynolds could be a big part of that. I, I think this is a little bit being a little bit conservative. With his ranking at 26, obviously he won't be this high moving forward as the season goes on. Once Amon St. Brown comes back and DeAndre Swift come back, but at this point, you know I think he's a low end wide receiver too. I think 26 might be a little bit low. We have Deontay Johnson at 27, and this kind of comes on the heels of Kenny Pickett 
you know, almost hyper targeting George Pickens um, late last week in the game. Obviously, Pickett through three interceptions. He was airing it out. Um, Deontay Johnson, we know the talent that he is. He just hasn't had the targets. Um, I'm not expecting much to change. I, I, you don't want to bet too much on Deontay Johnson's upside. At this point, you're starting him for his floor. Um, but I, I, I don't think that he's going to have a very fantastic week. Um, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. But um, they're playing against Buffalo. Buffalo can make life very hard for Kenny Pickett. Deontay Johnson is not going to be um, a humongous fancy producer this week, I don't think. If Buffalo could get on Kenny Pickett early, then Deontay Johnson might have a very quiet outing. I'm not much in love with starting any Pittsburgh wide receivers this week just because of the matchup, but if you're going to start one, it would have to be Deontay Johnson. In deep leagues, maybe you can consider starting George Pickens, but Deontay Johnson is the one to start this week, and his ceiling is not very high. That's why we have him at 27. Romeo Dubs comes in at 28. We talked about Aaron Rodgers, you know, building a little bit of trust with him, and he's looked good the past two weeks. He's got solid target shares. His floor seems to be rising a little bit. Ceiling isn't there just yet. Alan Lazard is on this offense still. And, you know, the, the Packers offense still has to, you know, buff out some scratches and figure out how to get to that high level that they've been playing out playing at with Aaron Rodgers under center. But Romeo Dubs could be a big part of that. We have him at 28. This is being conservative, I think. It, it'll be interesting to see how Romeo Dubs gets deployed. At 29, we have Juju Smith-Schuster in a game against Las Vegas. Um, we've been talking about how he's had the targets. You know, he's, he's had the target share every week. The production just hasn't come yet. We're waiting for that game to come. This could very well be it. Another divisional matchup, like I said. We talked about Devontae Adams earlier benefiting from that. Um, Patrick Mahomes is a very good quarterback. You have to wait for him to key in on Juju Smith-Schuster a little bit more. I think this could be the game that happens, especially if it becomes a shootout. Um, this could be a Juju breakout week. If not, then it might be time to begin wondering, is Juju Smith-Schuster really someone that we're going to have in our lineup each and every week because at, as of late Patrick Mahomes has been targeting the running backs much more than you know wide receivers the running backs have been involved very much in the Chiefs offense which is something that we didn't really expect so Juju Smith-Schuster could be suffering from that but we'll see how things go for him moving forward I think he's going to have a big week this is being a conservative rank uh this is a conservative ranking for Juju Smith-Schuster heading into week five and we round out our top 30 with Brandon Cooks, who had a good week last week. They were playing from behind a lot. The Texans were behind the against the Chargers last week. But Brandon Cooks has the talent, and I'm a big Brandon Cooks guy. I was a big Brandon Cooks guy this whole offseason. It hasn't really come to fruition, the production that we were projecting for him. Davis Mills has looked worse than he did um, last season, this season. So you can attribute Brandon Cooks' uh, inability to produce with the low ceiling that um, Davis Mills has afforded him. But um, Davis Mills, they have they draw a decent matchup against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense is good, but um, I think this is a game that they could very well be in, and Brandon Cooks could be a factor in. Um, if the ball is being moved to the air, chances are it's going to be to Brandon Cooks. That's the way it's been this season. So you can pencil him in. I'm, I'm starting him this week as a flex. Um, nothing higher than that. I think that his ceiling right here is wide receiver three. Um, Jacksonville could take over this game pretty easily. Um, Davis Mills has had a rough time just getting anything done this season. All right, let's see. We'll answer a question from Biggs B, Kirk, Waddle, or Gabe Davis. 
So this is a tough one. I would rule Gabe Davis out of this one because this is a out of this decision because this is a matchup that I see the Bills going up very early in, and they're not going to have to air it out very much. And that's where Gabe Davis has exclusively made his production so far this season. So I would rule Gabe Davis out of this one. It comes comes down to Kirk and Waddle. Even though Tyreek Hill is on the offense and Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback, Waddle has a very nice floor. Um, you know, the, the Texans defense has been decent. You know, they haven't been that bad. Christian Kirk's playing against them. Um, they've been decent against uh, slot receivers. But um, I, I like Waddle in this situation. I would start Waddle. Um, I'm assuming this is for your wide receiver too position so i I, i'd I'd be happy having any of these guys as a flex but for wide receiver two i would put i would start waddle in this case 